great job. And just sharing his heart um, encourages me. You guys got a great future. Because the Lord has plans. Everyone has, you know, everyone has a great future. Because the Lord is faithful and he is all about relationships. So what we do, what our focus is in our workplace, where we, some are going to school, going back to school, where you're going to work Monday, it's all about who are you going to bump into, who are you going to be interacting with. It's all about relationships. And so as I thought about today's service, I knew that Paul would be sharing, he wanted him to share his testimony, his faith story, it's awesome. See how God has intervened in your life and how you have met people that have walked and demonstrated what it is to be a man of God or a woman of God. And uh, picking up on the word uh, is all aiming in the right direction. And so the scripture that I chose today for the setting is 1 John chapter 2, and it reads specifically to a young man, and uh, we're going to also include Cassidy in this as well as to a young lady. And she's, she's got the calling of God in her life as well. But 1 John was, was written to the believers, and uh, believers need encouragement, right? Believers need uh, to know that God is able, to know that God is their strength, to know that God, what do you do when you mess up? Even as a believer, we mess up. And so the scripture that we're going to read is 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. And we're going to title this little message, Living with Purpose. So Jesus gives us purpose. When we connect with him, he gives us, gives us purpose to why we do what we do. So here we go. I am writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Right there we can say, thank you, Jesus. He washes our sin away, removes it as far as the east is from the west. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. Isn't that a great portion of Scripture? It really describes how in this world, and I don't think God is talking about the nature of the trees, you know, you know we, we get to live in the world, but there is a system that is worldly. And that system has to do with what the enemy Satan has in mind for so many people. He wants to destroy people and drag them down with him, right? God wants, comes to give life, 
and life eternal. The world seems often so tempting. We've got to have so much to be happy. We've got to have such and such to really be successful. On and on, we set ourselves up for these things. The world puts pressure sometimes on us. Sometimes we put it on ourselves. Sometimes it's put on by peer pressure, right? On and on and on and on it goes. But what really matters the most of all is what does God think? And what does God want in my life? What does God have for me? What is the purpose of my very existence? Why should I get up in the morning and do what I do? Life oftentimes is mundane and ordinary, right? You wash the dishes today, you'll wash the dishes tomorrow, right? Mundane, you get up, you go to class, you do it the next day. You get up, you go to work, you go home, you do what you do, you get up, you do it again. What is life all about? Is that all there is? Yeah, sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> What is what is the what gets us what ought to get us excited is when Jesus speaks into your life. And when Jesus says, you know what? We have a reason to live. We have a reason to exist. We have more than just uh, stuff that He's given us for us to have or to enjoy or to help sustain our life. Now, he has eternity in mind. He has eternity uh, hand-woven, handcrafted, so to speak, tailor-made. I like to use tailor-made because God has a special place for you in his heart because he's created you for a purpose, and that is to live with him forever. They get excited about that. I'm going to come on. Get excited a little bit. You get to live forever with him when you choose the Lord Jesus Christ. So some time ago, I'm going to share this little story. Emily, my oldest daughter, I don't know where we were. We were taking a walk. She likes to take walks. And sometimes, Dad, come on, we're taking a walk. And so wherever it was, I don't remember for sure, but I remember what she said. Dad, walk with a purpose. In other words, pick up the pace. Walk like you're going somewhere. Like you have a purpose. You know, come on. And she's kind of livening things. How many know Emily can do that? She has a way of just to make you do things you would normally not be comfortable with, right? That's our God because he has a purpose. More than just you. It's more about it's more about them. It's more about those who have yet to come. It's more about what your kids are gonna do and what you're gonna do. Right? As life goes on, you figure out it's not just about what I want to do, it's about what people who have yet to understand have yet to come in. It's about your grandkids and it's about their children and their children, and on and on it goes. It's from one generation to the next, and the statistics are heartbreaking. You mentioned Paul. 80% of 
of young people losing their faith when they go off to college, that's got to change. I like your attitude. That's got to change. Because we've got to build, we've got to somehow, we've got to, with young people catching. There's a lot of things coming at our world that weren't coming at my world when I was growing up. There's a lot of things our young people are facing that I wasn't faced unheard of when I was growing up. Well, we had our stuff. But how are we going to deal with this? It's going to become, it's, it has to become who we are. It has to become a part of us. It has to be the reason we get up and do what we do, having a purpose. And number one, the number one purpose, this is the very, if you don't get anything else out of this message, the number one purpose for you and I to even have our breath in our lungs is to know him. Well, I know about some of this Bible stories. I know a little bit about what Jesus did while he was on the earth. But have I heard his voice? Have I sensed his presence? Have I felt the inner part of me wanting to just worship him for who he is? You don't have to do anything else for us, really. You don't have to. He's already done enough. But do I know him? When Paul was, not this Paul, but when the Apostle Paul thought he was doing God a service, pre-salvation, thought he was doing God a favor by killing Christians. He was so religious, so staunch, that he thought what he was doing was pleasing to God until Jesus said, Knocked him on the head. <laughs> Hit him between the eyes. What are you doing? Don't you know that you're, the, the phrase is pricking against, uh, kicking against the goads is something to do with, you know, an old phrase. You're going against the current. You're, you're swimming the wrong way. Now, I threw the wild rice stuff in last Sunday. Remember the story about the tent we brought a piece of plastic and the worms were calling on us. And the thunder was, we talked about storms. And when you're picking rice, another thing is that really you learn as you go. You, you, when you can go with the grain, it's a whole lot easier. When the, when the, when the stalks are laid in the same direction, it's a whole, whole, you get a lot more rice and it's a whole lot easier for the motivator. This, this, this can go each way. The world has a grain. The world has a system. It's so easy just to be like the world. Oh, don't make a scene. Oh, don't stand. Oh, don't be different. Oh, don't be, oh, you're one of them. But God has the real grain, the real purpose, is that when you look to him, he is saying, I have, I have bought you, I have purchased you. You are not your own. You are mine. I have, I have bled for you. My blood is there for you to cover you and bring you to a, a better place. And forever we're going to live for, for him. Forever we're going to, to, 
to become more and more like him, for we shall see him as we lead further and I'll leap over. Third chapter, first John. Second verse, beloved. Third chapter, first John, second verse, beloved. Now we are children of God. It has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him just as he is. To know God takes faith. Right now. To know God requires faith. Without faith, Hebrews says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Guess what? God doesn't tell us everything what we're going to get to do on the earth. God doesn't lay it all out before we ever start. He says, just put one foot in front of the other and I'll be there for you. Just trust me for your daily bread. Just trust me for one day at a time. How many know that's something? That is where it gets tough. And you're thinking, well... Hmm. Some people really struggle because they like order. It's okay. They like to write things out, and it's good. It's a good thing. But oftentimes, our plans, God likes to mess with them. Huh? He isn't messing, He isn't playing with it. He's sometimes tests our faith. Are you going to lean on your own understanding or are you going to trust in me? Now, just as soon as you thought things were going to get easier, God, I, I want to know you. Then I'll have an easy life. No. Hello? Wait. Nope. That's not the way it works. Guess what? The enemy hates he hates active people that are proclaiming the things of God. He doesn't, he's not too stirred up about those people that just, you know, they don't raise too much fuckers. Just don't raise ruckus. Don't want to raise any kind of, No, don't rock the boat. The Lord has come seeking a heart. I was 18, 19, 20. I'd grown up in the church. I knew I watched people pray. I watched people go forward. I watched people cry at the altars. I heard people wail in the prayer closets of our church. And it affected me. But about 18 and 19, I explain it in a way like this. The Lord was calling me to himself. And I, I felt this 
these words come to mind, and the Lord will say, if you, if you spend more time with me, I'll bless you. If you turn, out, turn the television off in the evenings and spend more time with me, I'd bless you. And so being the person I was, not a very studious person, I'd rather be outside chasing squirrels, you know, doing stuff the young people did in my day. Running raccoon, hunting dogs at night. For me to sit down and take any time took effort. So I'll begin with five minutes. And I'd read and I'm catching band was short. So the next time I'd go 10 minutes. Maybe in another week or two I was doing 15, 20 minutes. And then I'd become more passionate. Then I begin to look forward to more, more time with God. Then I begin to take my guitar and I would just bury myself in my quietness of my, of my bedroom and I would just sort of make up music. I just offer my heart. And so it was out of that, I was fearing that he was calling me to a public ministry. I was afraid that he would call me, that he was calling me to preach, but at the same time, I was going for God. And you know what God does? He changes your heart. To the things that used to be afraid, he says, I will be, I will, I will put it in your heart. And I will be your strength. So, number one, ministry starts with the Lord. Ministry starts with Jesus. Number two, ministry keeps going. If we're going to overcome, we need to keep seeking Jesus. The prob the, the, here's, my, here's my encouragement to people that are going into ministry. Don't let ministry become your God. I'm, I'm just speaking from my heart. You continue to pursue God, and ministry will be genuine. We don't want to get trapped into becoming such a doer that we forget about being first. So in order to overcome, we must guard our heart. We must watch over our, our spirit. We must, as the word says, I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. It's learning how to fight and combat the thoughts that come against you. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. How are young men or young women going to be strong in the Lord? It's only going to be through the time that they're spent before the Lord and God is speaking into them. And if we're going to know God, we have to be readers, studiers of his word. Because God's word is never going to change. It's his heart. It's his heart for you and I. And so the world is confused about this very book. The world is confused. So many are thinking, well, how do you know that's really true? How do you really know that's, you know, that's such an old book? 
That's so old-fashioned. But the answer is still the same. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God is going to last for all eternity. Even as it says in one place, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Number three, if we're going to live with purpose, it's going to be just simply walking in the will of God. What is the will of God? The will of God is to know him. The will of God is to pursue him. The will of God has to do with how I treat my wife and how I treat my family. The will of God starts in our home. The early church was instructed, commanded, cherry, before they went out to do ministry, cherry in Jerusalem. The promise of the Holy Spirit is going to come. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit will come. And after that, you're going to have power. You're going to go out and be my witnesses. You're going to go out and, and be the people of God. You're going to declare the things of God, and God's going to show up. And miracles happen, and the gospel will spread like wildfire. Here's what's so cool. The enemy thought he had the church when he persecuted the church. But it backlashed because the church spread out and the gospel was preached further around the world. I just love it. God gives a blow to, to Satan. What God has in mind is to get us out of ourselves. Get us Get our attention. Moses heard the voice of God when he turned aside. The burning bush, the pizza's showing up. Somebody needs to get the pizza. The, turn, the burning bush was just to get the attention of Moses. I mean, I had to say the pizza's here. This guy's walking into the service. He don't know what to do. Can you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? That is where we are going to get our purpose. Thank God he gives us purpose. Because without him... this is all there is, doing the work, if this is all it is, just doing and doing and doing, if that's all it is, it's a pretty sad commentary. There's got to be more. Just try this. When you're all alone, just try this. Say, Jesus, I know you're real. And declare him, Lord. Try this prayer with me when, you, when you're all by yourself. Lord, I, I want to follow you. I know you saved me. I know, I know you're in my life, but am I holding anything back from you? Am I, am I, 
Are you really Lord? And then just listen. And just listen. It speaks into your mind. Or open the Bible and say, Lord, show me. Help me to find what, what are you speaking to me today? There's someone. There's always, I believe God is always speaking. But we're not always in a position to hear. God is always speaking. And I'm so glad that we can reach out to him today. We close in prayer. Would you say with me today, Lord, here I am. And I come just as I am. I'm I'm in a place in my life where it's not always easy to hear what you're saying. So Lord, please help me to have ears to hear. Help me to hear what your word is declaring. Help me to carry out your purpose. Forgive me, Lord, when I have been too busy to be still before you. Help my world to be orchestrated by you. Help my world come in harmony with you and my purpose be not because what I want, because of what you want. So we surrender our hearts to you in Jesus' name. That your blessing would reside upon each and every one. We pray a special blessing on Paul and Cassidy as they venture out, as they take this step of faith to believe God and bless them, Lord. Keep them safe from the enemy, from discouragement, and may every need, need be met in Jesus' name. Amen.